0: So, all right. So, rewind a few seconds. Um, you've, got this, you've got this group that are gathered around a fire in the middle of a courtyard, having just followed Jesus and this army of men after Jesus has been betrayed, after he's been arrested. They're sitting down together, and, and Peter is right there with them trying to blend in. Verse 56, then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light, and looking closely at him, said, he said about, or she said about Peter, she said, this man also was, was with him. She's saying, this man, Peter, was with Jesus. But Peter denied it, saying, woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man was also with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was speaking, immediately while Peter was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned to look at Peter. Jesus turns to look at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And then he, Peter, went out and wept bitterly. And what happens in this passage is is heartbreaking. It's, It's nothing short of tragic. Not only was Jesus portrayed by another one of his disciples, not only is he now being dragged before the Sanhedrin, this group of high priests and scribes, for this really sham of a trial to try and get rid of him, on top of all those things, Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, denies him. Denies him. He wants nothing to do with him out of fear of losing his own reputation. And we're talking about Peter here. This is Peter the disciple, Peter the apostle, a man who spent every hour with Jesus from the moment that Jesus called him as a fisherman to follow him. This was a man who was taught the scriptures by Jesus. He traveled around Galilee for three years with Jesus. This was a man who saw Jesus perform miracle after miracle. He walked on water to meet Jesus. He collected loaves and fishes for Jesus. This was a man who was invited into the inner, inner circle of Jesus, one of the only three that was invited by Jesus to pray with him in Gethsemane. Peter was also the guy who when Jesus told his disciples at the Last Supper that they would all deny him in the hour that he would need them the most, Peter was the only one brave enough to speak up, brave enough to speak up and say, no Lord, I will not betray you. I will never deny you. Even those, if those other guys do, I will never fall away, not me. And it's that Peter Who's given his moment to shine. To show how deep his loyalty really runs. When he's asked about his relationship with Jesus. What does he do? This guy caves. He caves out of embarrassment. He caves out of fear. This burly fisherman this this guy who would be the epitome of what we would describe as like what western civilization epitomizes as as true masculinity this big bold brash guy at a moment to prove what a man he is he he caves he cowers and just as we're absorbing the sting of that heartbreaking scene it just seems to get worse You see, while that's happening down in the courtyard, Jesus is being taken upstairs to stand trial. So imagine the camera zooming out from the hidden courtyard below to the chaotic courtroom up above. And in verse 63 of Luke 22, it says, Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody, they were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him. They blindfolded Jesus and they asked him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? as they're beating him. Verse 65, and they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. Now look, everything about this trial that's about to happen is fishy. The leaders have been conspiring with one another. They're already beating him before he's even being convicted. I mean, this is a sham of a trial. Anyone with a basic reading level could see this. In verse 66, it says that by the time the day came, When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes. And they led him away. They led Jesus away to their council. And they said, if you are the Christ, tell us. You see, Jesus has been going around and he's been claiming that he is the Messiah. He's been acting like the Messiah. He's garnered a following as the Messiah. And he's a threat to their authority he's a threat to their way of living he's a threat to their religious ways and so here they are putting him on trial and they say hey look if you're to the Christ why don't you just tell us and understand this understand that because Jesus is on trial here if all he does is say look you guys got it wrong no I'm not I'm not, I'm not the Christ I'm not the promised Messiah he might go free You see, this is the question. Are you the Christ? Everything hangs in the balance of Jesus with this question, and he knows it. The priests, elders, and scribes, they knew it too. And so all their eyes are on him. All eyes are on him, and they're waiting, wondering how is it that he's going to respond. The rest of verse 67 says that Jesus responds, and he says, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you, you you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. That's what Jesus says. He says, look, from this point forward, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. Now, this is significant because what he's, he's saying there, he's using Old Testament language of himself that was used to describe in the Old Testament, the judge of all the earth. And so, verse 70, they all said to him, they're like, wait, are you the son of God then? And Jesus said to them, you say that I am. Verse 71, then they said, what further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. They continue to beat him. They continue to take him on to be condemned. Now, here's what makes this trial so scandalous. Is that Jesus, the one who just revealed the truth that he's the Son of Man, the judge over all the earth, he is the one being judged? I mean, we should be shook by that. God comes down to earth in the person of Jesus and we put him on trial. And you know what? That's not unlike what we do to this day. People judge Jesus all the time. Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. And we ask, are you really? You're really the best way to live? Are the promises you make, the warnings that you give, are they really true? Are you really more precious than life itself? Are you really more satisfying than anything this world has to offer? Yet in spite, in spite of the obscene scandal. Of what's happening here, Jesus, the judge, being judged himself. Despite that scandal, Jesus stays true to the end. He declares his true identity knowing, knowing full well that it's going to secure him his death. And they start beating him. Look, these two events, these two events that we just read could not be more starkly contrasted. While Peter was denying Jesus down in the courtyard because he doesn't want to risk losing his reputation, Jesus is upstairs standing trial, bravely and courageously declaring the truth about who he is, the Son of God, knowing that he would be killed over it. And that that declaration, that confession from his lips would secure his path to his cross. But you know what? That is how the grace of God works. That even while Peter was downstairs betraying Jesus, denying him, wanting nothing to do with him, Jesus was right upstairs willing to lay it all down for sinners like him. Sinners like me. And sinners like you. This is the scandal of God's amazing grace. At every shocking moment in this passage, we are right there in our sin. Our sin is what led him to the slaughter. Johann Sebastian Bach, when he was writing his great piece on St. John's Passion, describes this very scene from the perspective of of John's gospel and at one point in 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 Bach's piece the choir belts out the question to Jesus who hit you who hit you and you would expect Bach being uh you know a proud German like uh, a lot of the Germans falsely believed in his time that, that he would blame it on the Jews but Bach's answer, Bach's answer to the choir who hit you was this I did. I did. Me and my sins. You see, that is the greater scandal. Jesus was accused. He was accused in our place so that we could stand absolved of our guilt. Jesus was rejected so that we would be received. He was betrayed so that we would be embraced. He took on the wrath of God in full force in our place so that we wouldn't have to. This is the moment, this is the hour when he publicly declares, look, I am the Messiah. Once and for all, he says, I am the Messiah. I am the Son of God. Why is it that he publicly declares this now and not at any other time prior in his ministry? It's because now the hour has come. Now his hour has come to absorb the full force of God's wrath in our place and for our sins. And with his powerful confession, with his lion-like roar, he secures his death as a sacrificial lamb of God. The guards, they beat him. The religious leaders, they spit on him. They condemn him. The total depravity of the human heart is on full display. However, at this moment... With the ugliness of sin on display, at this same moment, the love of God for sinners like us is also on display. He would now go to his cross for their sins. He would now go to the cross for our sins. And this changes. This changes everything. That means now if you place your faith in this Jesus Christ, God no longer stands in judgment over you. It means we no longer stand in judgment over one another. We don't even stand in judgment over ourselves. The only person who has the right to do that is Jesus himself. The one who's the son of man who, who will appear at the right hand of the power of God. He's the only one that has the right to judge us. And he was judged in your place so that you can find complete wholeness and security as a son or daughter of the living God of grace. This is the gospel this is the gospel. Would you pray with me? Lord, we confess that this is the gospel. This is amazing grace. This is the scandal of your grace, the obscenity of your grace that you would receive undeserving, ill-deserving sinners like us. Not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. Not because of anything great that we've done, but because how great and amazing it is what he's done. And so as we continue... To sing with our mouths as a united body in Christ. We confess, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. In his name we pray. Amen.